Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. And notice this. Did you get this in verse 17? Go ahead and look at it. The demons are subject to us in what? Your name. You see, the power is in the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Matter of fact, it's on the screen. Would you mind reading it with me? That at the name of Jesus, come on, read it with me. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, there is power in the name of Jesus. And somebody once said, there is no other name like the name of Jesus. Isn't that the truth? And it doesn't even sound the same. Nobody's name sounds like Jesus. I mean, it's a sweet, sweet name. And there's power in that name. And that's why it's not PC for you to use that name in public. Then you can say Hare Krishna all you want. Why don't people do that anyway? I don't get it. Well, when people stub their toe, how come they don't go, oh, Hare Krishna? <laughs> or, or, or you nailing something on the thing, you hit your thumb, boom, oh, Buddha. I don't, inquiry minds want to know. I mean, really, I think this is kind of odd. Nobody does that. Oh, Islam. Oh, Muhammad. Nobody does that. But man, somebody stuff they told, oh, Jesus Christ. And they even say it with that uh, disdain almost. Jesus Christ. And the truth is true. Why? Because Satan knows, get people to use his name in vain, because really, there's power in the name of Jesus. There really is. So Satan wants to get people to use his name in vain. There's power in his name. And you don't want to misuse his name. Listen, I'm trying to help you. You don't want to misuse his name. I think of seven boys, seven Jewish boys, who were sons of a Jewish priest named Sceva. You'll find this story in Acts chapter 19. It's a great story. One other sister knows it. (laughs) We know, don't we? Yeah, we know. It's a good story. Acts 19, you need to read it in your own time. But these boys, listen, they were messing with demonology and they were using the name of Jesus, misusing the name of Jesus, and they were using it like magic. And they would go about in the city because they had seen Paul preaching and casting out demons in Jesus' name. 
And they thought it was just a catchphrase that if, you know, if I just say Jesus name, stuff's going to happen. Folks think that today, as a matter of fact, I want a pink polka dotted Cadillac in Jesus name. They think it's going to materialize. So these guys were doing the same thing. They're going out using Jesus name like it's magic. And they say, we exercise you by the Jesus who Paul preaches. And the evil spirit answered and said, don't y'all love it? Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Now, listen, let the pastor help you. If demons start talking to you, get away. Anybody know what I'm Get away. They got these shows on TV now. On the. They should be on the Cartoon Network, <laughs> but they own one of those uh, history channels. I think it's like 44 or 47 or something on Time Warner Cable. And uh, ghost chasers, ghost hunters. And people, I don't believe people. What is wrong with people? They actually go into houses. Have y'all seen these shows or even heard of them? It's okay. You're in church. Don't lie. Y'all like, no, I'm not, no, no, never seen it. Never seen TV. <laughs> that one eye demon. Okay. But so there's these people that go in the houses and they're demon chasing and they're hunting for spirits. Y'all know what I'm talking? And then they go in and it's like all dark and spooky and they're going in looking for demons. They go, oh, did you see that? People are like, yeah, I saw a little thing go that way. Oh, did you see that? It went that way there. Oh, it's down the hall. Come on. Let's go down the hall and see what else it's doing. And I'm like, look, if a demon is down the hall, get out of the house. I don't want anything to do with demons. You know, it was Greg Laurie who said this. He said, when Satan comes knocking at my door, I say, Lord, would you get that? <laughs> Amen. Lord, we're casting out demons in, in your name. The authority is in the name of Jesus. You got a pen handy? Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Peter is healing a man. And then Peter said, silver and gold. We're talking about the name of Jesus. Y'all with me? Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Acts chapter 16, verse 18. This demon-possessed girl was following Peter. And she did for many days, or pardon me, following Paul. And she did for many days, and Paul got sick of it. And he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came, and that demon came out the same hour. You see, we're not strong in and of ourselves, but we're strong in God's power. And they said, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, great, I saw their boss, the most beautiful angel there was, fall like lightning from heaven. And then in verse 19, Jesus said, I give you power. Go ahead and look at it in verse 19. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now I get a sense here that this is a literal promise of physical protection. A literal promise of physical 
protection here. Don't you also remember it's in Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Jesus said, signs shall follow them and they will cast out devils and speak in tongues. And if they take up snakes, the poison won't hurt them and they can drink anything deadly and they won't die. And if they're sick, they will immediately recover and nothing is going to hurt them. Again, in Acts chapter 28, Paul had gathered some sticks and he was on the island of Malta and he was while gathering these sticks, he was bitten by a snake that was in the fire and the people are standing there waiting for him to fall over and nothing happened and people thought he was a God. So when Jesus, listen to me close, When Jesus first sent the disciples out, there was a promise of literal physical protection, but that was not always the case. Now, what do you mean, Rodney? Because you can pick this book up. Maybe it's in the bookstore. (laughs) The Fox's Book of Martyrs. We know from church history that, get this, all the disciples were martyred except for, anybody know? Very good. I have taught you well. John. All the disciples were martyred except for John. So this promise of literal physical protection was not always there. Because some of the other disciples, all the other disciples were martyrs. Stephen was the first martyr of the church and he was stoned to death. James was cut in half. Again, the Fox's Book of Martyrs, you can get this information. Matthias was tied down and vultures ate him alive. Thaddeus was crucified and they shot him with arrows until death. Nathaniel was skinned alive and while alive, they put him on the cross Philip was hanged between pillars in a temple. Andrew was crucified in Egypt. Matthew was flayed alive and then beheaded. Mark was drugged behind chariots and died. The author of this book, Luke, was crucified. There's a disciple by the name of James Alphaeus, and he was thrown from the roof of a temple and he died. Thomas died at the age of 99 after being impaled somewhere in India. Simon Zelotes was cut in pieces while still alive. Peter was crucified upside down. But before he was crucified upside down, they crucified his wife right side up in front of him. They died horrible deaths. Paul, you know this, was beheaded in Rome. So most of the disciples, many things did hurt them and they were killed. This seems to be a promise of physical protection for this time. Notice in verse 20, so the disciples are coming, they're singing, zippity doo all is happy because a few demons were thrown out. Jesus says, wow, that's a perspective, but I saw Satan himself. And you have power, but don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you. Are y'all still with me? But rather rejoice that your names are written where? In heaven or in the book of life. Interesting. The book of life. You will not find this book in Barnes and Noble. Did you know that? Yes. 
The book of life is found in the Bible eight times, and each time it refers to those who are saved and those who who have accepted Jesus Christ. Now, let me just share something with you. There is no other book, listen to me close, if you hear nothing else I've said, hear this. There is no other book more important that your name be written in than the book of life. You sign, I'll wait, because that's true. You've come to various weddings, and you've signed the registrar. And you come in, you sign in, let them know you're there. Or some other important event that you've gone to, you sign in the book. But there's no book more important that your name be written in than the book of life. It's the difference between heaven and hell. All true born-again believers' names are written in this book. And listen, God has to write your name in this book. Your name won't stumble into this book. Good works will not get your name in this book. A good name will not get your name in this book. Billy Graham's name is not in the book of life because of Billy Graham's name. Billy Graham's name is in the book of life because Billy Graham received Jesus as his Lord and Savior, was forgiven of his sins, washed in the blood of Jesus, and is born again. And when that happens, then God takes his nail-scarred hands, Jesus, and writes your name in the book of life. That's why Billy Graham's name is in the book. And your name is in the book, is it? Your name is in the book. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, the only way to get your name in this book and to get into heaven is to have your sins forgiven and the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you of your sin. And Jesus understands that if your name is written in heaven, you're in one section. And if your name's not written in heaven, you're in another section. There's smoking and non-smoking. Where? <laughs> Y'all need to write that down. That was <laughs> that was great. Where where will you be? Notice in verse twenty one, Jesus tells us. Notice that the Bible tells us that Jesus. Look at verse twenty one. Very important. Jesus rejoiced. You see that? You know this is the only time in the New Testament that it says that Jesus rejoiced. He said, I thank you, Father, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, and you've revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things are delivered to me of the Father, and no man knows who the Son is except the Father. And no man knows who the Father is except the Son reveals him. Jesus said, Father, you have hidden this stuff from religious, wise, and prudent people in their own eyes, And you've made it known to babes. Jesus says, no one knows who you are but me. And no one knows who I am but you. And the only way that anyone is going to know you are the ones I reveal you to. And Jesus said in verse 23, notice he says, your eyes are blessed because you see the things you see. These guys were alive. Keep in mind that these guys were alive alive when Jesus walked the earth 
and they heard Jesus preach. Is that a Bible study? You talking about a Bible study? Man, you sitting in the Bible study and Jesus is preaching? Now, I know y'all think I'm good. But Jesus? Woo! You'd be like, it'd be too surreal. You'd probably just like implode. It's amazing. They did. They walked with him. They talked with him. They hung out with him. He taught them stuff while they were walking. By the temple, there's gate. On the gate, there's grapes and vines. And Jesus would say, hey, fellas, see see those grapes? And disciples, they go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because they had kind of, disciples read the Bible. They're kind of clueless. They're kind of bubbleheads. And, you know, they're just kind of clueless. They're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's the way I get it. And then Jesus said, see the vines? They go, uh-huh, uh-huh. And Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me and I in you. And you'll bring forth fruit, John 15. And you continue to abide. You'll bring forth fruit, much fruit, more fruit. You just continue to bring forth fruit. Jesus would teach them very simple teacher. Jesus was a very simple preacher. If there's any preaching style that if I had my choice to adopt, and there are some wonderful, awesome, incredible Bible teachers in this country. Amazing. I think of David Jeremiah. I think of Charles Stanley. I think of Chuck Smith. I think of Joe Foch in Philadelphia and Bill Gallatin in New York and all these. There's Robbie Zachariah. I think a great, 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 great Bible teacher. But if I had to emulate any of them or have my choice of who I would emulate, it would be Jesus. Why? Because he was phenomenal. And he could teach babies. And he could confuse the religious leaders. They're standing back scratching their heads and they thought they were smart until they talked to Jesus. And he said something so simple to them, they couldn't even get it. (laughs) Now, you know, you're a good teacher when you can say something so simple, smart folk don't get it. But that's Jesus. And the disciples, they heard all that. They spent time with him. They walked with him. They heard it right from his mouth. And many prophets and kings have desired to see what they saw and they had not seen it. To hear what they heard and they had not, and they had not heard it. Those Old Testament prophets talking about David and, and Isaiah and all these Old Testament prophets would have loved to see what the disciples saw. They prophesied about the coming of the Savior, but they never heard Jesus speak and they never saw him. The disciples were in a privileged place. They walked and talked with Jesus, the Savior of the universe. The Old Testament prophets like David in Psalm 22, um, Isaiah in uh, Isaiah 53, where it says that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we were healed. Isaiah didn't know who he was talking about. He's right, it's like the Holy Spirit like took control of his mind and of his hand as he's writing these things out from an inkwell-type pen. And he's dipping it, and right now by his stripes we are healed. Whose stripes? 
He was wounded for our transgression. Who was wounded? The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Who is this? They had no, are y'all kidding me? They had no idea. Because the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, is that the Holy Spirit were moving these writers to write these things down. They didn't understand. They didn't get it. The disciples, they knew. Who was wounded for our transgressions? Jesus, when he was beaten with 39 stripes, they got it. They knew it. They were in a privileged place and they saw the things that the Old Testament prophets did not see. And they walked with Jesus. They loved Jesus. And they were born again. Disciples were born again. Y'all get that? Disciples had to be born again too. And then guess what happened with them? Their names were written in the book of life. And for them, for everyone, it's smoking or non-smoking. You choose. We all have to make that choice. And I pray that your New Year's resolution is to know Jesus better. Can I get a witness? Is to know, I want to know him better. I want to know him better. Because I don't know him enough. You never stop growing with the Lord. And if you think you have, that's just when you just stopped. I want to know him better. I want to walk close to him. I want to be, be prepared when that day comes for me to be with him. You don't know when God's going to come. And t- I was telling him yesterday, just like this baby was taken in this mother's womb. That mother would have never thought that. Who would? No one knows when the Lord is going to take you from this earth into his presence. We don't need to know. What we need to be is ready, right? And how you get ready is to give your heart and your life to him. And when you do that, then God writes your name in the book of life. And someday when that nail pierced hand scans that book, he will find your name. That's what we all want. You need to prepare yourself to meet Jesus. You prepare yourself to meet Jesus. You prepare for everything else. It's amazing. And folk, what folk prepare for. People prepare. You got, you got your 2010 vacation already planned out. Got the money saved. Got the money aside. You go on a cruise. Going to get in shape. So you can fit in that bathing suit. And you're going to get it together. You got New Year's resolution coming. You got it planned. You are going to get in shape. The gyms love you this time of year. Don't you know the gym love you? And you can always tell folk made a New Year's resolution at the gym because they come in and they're wearing the clothes, the gym clothes from the 80s. <laughs> Y'all remember the, the headband, little, little sweat? <laughs> and you know, Chris, you know what I'm talking about? Two socks and the short pants with the little stripe right here. And then they're doing exercise from the 80s. <laughs> you be going, what you doing? You know we did that 20 years ago. They don't do that no more. You must be new here. <laughs> but everybody's getting ready. 
People get ready to get their financial portfolio ready. I mean, hey, we're going to be retired real soon. We got to have our stuff ready. It's amazing what people will get ready for in life, but they will not prepare themselves for death. When in fact, the only thing that's meaningful in life is the preparation for death. Because that's the only sure thing. You might not ever get in the gym. Some of y'all probably go join it and you still won't get there. Or you might not ever get on that vacation. You don't know what tonight holds. And why are we so prideful and so arrogant to think that we know something? We really know nothing. God knows everything. Yes. And we need to prepare ourselves to meet our maker and get our names in the book of life. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.